the Grace Chapel podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We're so glad you're here. Before we get started, we want to remind you of the importance of being connected into a local church body. Podcasts are a gift from God, but are meant to be supplemental and not substitute or replace the gathering of the saints in worship in the Word. With that being said, we pray that this teaching would bless you, equip you, and encourage you in your walk with Christ. Okay, y'all ready for some big news? I don't really know how to start this morning because I'm just kind of like giddy and excited and there's lots of implications for what I'm about to share. So I think what I'm gonna do is just say the thing (laughs) and then I can tell stories about how we got to this place and share about what it might mean for us going forward. So um, here's the quick thing I want to say. There is a precious church in our community that has been around for many, many years. I've had a relationship with the pastor for going on five years now. He's in his mid seventies and everyone in his congregation is older than him. And they've been, they're just getting older. Their church is dwindling. And so they have a paid for piece of property and a little chapel that is on South Peters Road. It's two and a half acres and they want to give it to our church. Yeah, come on. (laughs) Praise you, Lord. Y'all, I don't even know what to say. I don't even know how to say anything about that. Like, what? What? So there's some crazy things I wanna tell you about. And I'll, I'm gonna do my best to, sh- to tell this story well in a way that makes sense. And there's, there's things I want us to be able to hold on to of how miraculous this is. I mean, just in and of itself, that's a miracle. You don't even need to hear anything else. Wow, God is giving us a land and a place. Whoa, I'm in awe, I'm in awe. So, okay, how do I unpack this? Um, Why don't we start with the map? Dominic, you wanna put the map up? Um, Let me say things and then I'll answer questions. How does, or do you, do you just, did you have just like, go ahead, go ahead, Brian, what do you got? There you go. I forgot about that too. There've been so many, because I already have a list of some other crazy things about this. There you go. There've been so many little faithful seeds sown. Um, Okay, so see the star. I don't know how well y'all can see from there. Can y'all see all this okay? So Best Buy, Lowe's, Panera, main event. There's a couple spots right there in Cedar Bluff. So just down from Kingston Pike on South Peters where that red star is, uh, is this, this little chapel and this piece of property. I mean, it's just unbelievable locations, not far from where we meet right now. It's amazing. Um, before we do the next slide, Dominic, I wanna say something else. So, okay, gosh, how do I sequence all this? All right, so um, Pastor David and I have had a relationship for years. About a year and a half ago, we thought this door might be opening and it just kind of closed. And a big part of it was, we're talking about an older congregation, like, like the property's paid for, like they're not in financial need to give it away. 
And when we first met with them, it was like, hey, this is incredible. Maybe we could start meeting there and there could be a slow bridge to us taking it over. But like the little chapel is currently constructed. We're already too big for it. And so it really kind of made their people nervous that immediately a bunch of stuff would be changing. It's hard to grapple with when you're settled and set. And so we just kind of thought, this is kind of the end of that chapter. We're, we're believing the Lord will bring something else along. And so Pastor Dave and I have stayed in relationship. We're friends. Um, he texted me uh, two weeks ago. I was like, hey, let's get together. And to me, it's like, yeah, we get coffee every three or four months. Sure. And so um, I was like, hey, I'm traveling. Let's touch base when I get back. So Tuesday this week, I get a text. Hey, could we meet? So we set a coffee for Wednesday morning at Panera, that Panera right there. Uh, I had no idea. I just thought I was getting coffee with my friend. And he began to talk about how uh, they are at a place where they're ready to do this. He's got the full backing of his board. Um, Y'all, their church is down to like seven people on Sundays. His two board members have been in such poor health. They haven't gone to church in like eight months. And so his heart, from, from the time I've known him, he's always said this about this property. They called it the Lord's Chapel because right from the beginning, they felt like this belongs to God. This land and this property belongs to him. It's for his people. They allowed us to use it pre-COVID for some Bible study groups that we had there. During COVID, during that summer, we had several outdoor services on this property because we couldn't meet here. And he's just always said, we just want this to be used for the kingdom. And so when he met with me on Wednesday, he's like, I don't want to just sell this place, shut down our 501c3, donate the money, and then it just turn into another business. Like, I want this to belong to God. I want his church to be here. And so we're talking through the mechanics of it, but we will either just merge and they'll just kind of join us and any members that want to continue with us can. Um, we're committed to giving them a space there regardless. So if, they, if our service is not what they're looking for, those precious seven people will have a place in that building to meet and have worship and have church for as long as they want. We've, we're committed to that. Um, so he's, he's sharing with them this morning. I'm sharing with you guys. Now, there's more to the story than just this being given to us in this two and a half acres. The other thing that prompted him that the time was now is he has cultivated a relationship for years with the neighbor next door. So go to the next slide. So here's an aerial view of the property. So the larger red box, that's the current property and the, cha and the chapel is that L-shaped building. The thinner box and that house next to it um, is a little piece of property. So the, all of that property and those two buildings were owned by the Walters family. They purchased the property from the Peters family of South Peters Road. This place has a rich, long history. And so the Walters built the original Lord's Chapel building. It was just a little rancher house that was then with basement that was added onto later to make for the chapel. That's the L going this direction. But he built that house and the one next to it for him and his parents. And then years and years and years ago, they sold that two and a half acres to the Lord's Chapel and kept this little place for his aging parents. His father's now passed away. His mother's in her mid-90s in a nursing home. And he's ready to sell that house in the one and a half acres um, just to provide for her in the nursing home. And he wants to sell it to the church to reunite the property 
and for it to belong to the Lord. Yeah, wow. Okay, next slide shows some kind of numbers there. I don't know if you ever see it. With both properties, that's 280 feet of road frontage right there on South Peters. Um, and it would get us to right at four acres. Plus there's property beyond that, that like nobody can do anything on because there's um, power lines going through there. So like there's room back there that you, we can still do stuff with. You just can't build a building on it. So it's like fields, gardens, baptisms in the river that it backs up to, like really cool stuff potentially available here. And so, so in the course of time here that this, I mean, listen, this just started. We just found out about this Wednesday, but it, it, it appears that this guy's ready to get the ball rolling with selling this property so he can provide for his mom to have a place. And so I, I wanna be careful with kind of him and his numbers and stuff. So here's, here's what I'm gonna throw out there. Um, we've kind of come up with a number that would encapsulate purchasing the one and a half acres in the house and give us money to renovate because it all needs updated. It's all older looking, but it's mostly cosmetic. Um, but also the chapel that currently exists, we need to knock out a couple walls just to make it big enough for us to meet there on Sunday. So it needs some renovation. So to purchase the property next door and have money for renovation, we're thinking it's gonna be like $350,000. Now, does anyone have a sense of where this is? That should blow your minds because this property is worth so much more than that, y'all. Like we're just, I mean, my, I'm, it's happening again. I'm getting goosebumps. Every time I talk about it, I get goosebumps. Y'all, the Lord's just going, here you go. Like he's made a place for us right where we want to be and most of it's just being given to us. Whew. Okay. Now, I need to tell y'all a story. I, I want you to remember these things. Remember these things. Okay. In early 2016, three families moved here to plant a church, and we met in our living room. The Sunday before COVID, we had our biggest service we ever had, and then we could not gather for six months other than some sporadic little things we tried. When we restarted from spring in 2020, like I could forget that year, <laughs> to October, when we, when we got back to weekly meetings back here in the school in October of 2020, we had like 30 people our first Sunday. It was like starting over. And so it wasn't really starting over because the Lord had laid a lot of groundwork but there was a hard reset. And we're back now about the size we were right before COVID. Y'all, this Monday, like the Monday that just happened this week, right? So I preached last Sunday, we have church, we had our life group leaders meeting that we have every so often Sunday night at my house. Monday the 5th was the seven year anniversary. Does seven years mean anything to anybody? It was the seven year anniversary of our first service in this building was Monday. And on Tuesday, Pastor David texted me and said, I wanna meet. Hello. Okay, number two, number two. You're just gonna have to choose to believe that you have an honest pastor that is not pulling your leg, okay? You're just gonna have to, you're just gonna have to believe me, okay? Y'all. 
when we did the James series, I had two or three ideas for sermon series to take us through the end of the year. And as that series was wrapping up, I, kept, I was saying to Alex, like, I've never had a creative block like this. I don't feel peace about any of them. This doesn't feel right. I was thinking something was wrong with me. Like, I think I need a break. Like, I have no creative juice. Like, I need a break. Like, none of this feels right. It's not coming together. Normally, we have a sermon series. We've got the whatever the little logo is going to be. You know, we're building all that ahead of time. Two weeks before I needed a series, I had nothing. And I felt like the Lord just downloaded this Joshua series. And I had about seven sermons. And it was like, it was anchored in his preparation and then him moving into the promised land. Y'all. Like people find out, churches find out they're gonna be building a building and plan a Joshua series to help everybody get ready for it. And the Lord just goes, this is what you're gonna do. This is what you're gonna talk about. If that wasn't enough, Pastor Dave Buring comes to town and I said, hey, Pastor Dave, we're preaching through Joshua. Here's, here's the week we're gonna be on when you come. And he goes, you know what? I don't really wanna preach that. I have a message on seasons of waiting. And when Pastor Dave tells you he has a message, you listen and you let Pastor Dave preach his message. And he preached on a season of waiting. This is like three weeks ago or something, May 21st. And he closed that message by saying, I wanna pray for you guys who've been in a season of waiting. I want you to hold out your hands. And we're gonna release that to the Lord and we're gonna just trust him to put whatever in our hands he wants to. And I'm on the front row and I can tell you right now what my thing was in my hands. It was a building, it was a home. And then Dave finishes his prayer for all of us individually. He goes, hey, Jake, do you mind if I just pray over y'all's church to get a building? And if you go back and listen to this or you hear me in the background going, please do. <laughs> and y'all, he prayed like three weeks ago, four weeks ago for us to receive a building. God answers prayer. Now, if that wasn't enough, because Dave wouldn't listen to me and didn't preach the message I asked him to preach, it pushed the whole series back one week. So you know what that means? Last Sunday, I preached a message on Moses passing the baton to Joshua. And this Sunday, we are preaching a message about stepping into the promised land for the first time. And in between those two Sundays, this happens. I told this to Pastor David sitting outside at Panera and he didn't, he didn't know the message I had preached. I just said that. And with tears in his eyes, he looked at me and said, I'm like Moses going up on the mountain, catching a glimpse of the future and the land that God has. Y'all, because here's how good God is. He's not just answering our prayers. He's answering their prayers. Pastor David has been praying for five years for the right handoff at the right time to the right people. God has answered his faithful prayers and we get to be the recipients of that blessing. Y'all, God's good. I, I wanna be careful with this because my sweet friend is in the room, but I just think this has to be said too. My, my precious friend, Ron Wood, went to be with Jesus 
just a few weeks back. And what the Lord had laid on his heart to do is he said, I don't want people sending flowers. I would like anything to be done to be a donation to the building fund for Grace Chapel. We had to create one. We had never put anything on the website like that, so we had to create one. So the very first seeds that were ever sown into the future of this church, into the building fund, was because of my precious friend, Ron, who said, I want that seed to be sown there. That just happened. God is telling a story that lasts generations. And we all play a part in that story. And we're all carrying the legacy of men like Ron Wood and Pastor David and his faithful years of service and on and on down the line. And we're called to be faithful in our generation. Amen? Amen. Isn't God good? I think we were supposed to show some more pictures somewhere in there. Dominic, you can just go through these quick. Um, I think there's a couple. So this is kind of, okay, so you're looking at South Peters Road. This is kind of the side of the chapel. And so this part of the building coming this way is where the current chapel is. And we need to push some of that into that front part of the building for us to fit. You can get a glimpse of the house next door right there. Next picture. Here's another angle from the side. So it's two levels. There's a lot of stuff underneath that upper level that we could finish out for some more kids' space and stuff. Um, all right, move on. And then here's just some shots of the property we wanted y'all to see. Um, so this is kind of part of the back of the property facing up. There's some more. That includes some of the neighbor's yard there. Um, this is where we had a couple of services outdoors on this hillside right here. Between the shed and that pile of bushes right in there is where we set up for worship and teaching and stuff. And we all just spread out on that hillside so we didn't cough on each other. And we worshiped God right there. Praise God. Yeah, come on, come on. Okay, so I'm gonna attempt to preach a quick little sermon because <laughs> I think there's some stuff in here the Lord wants to say to us about the season we're in as a church. But I also just wanna say to you guys, you know, so much of what we're talking about it's about the church corporately, but it's also about us individually, right? Like God places hopes and dreams in our heart and there's seasons of things we're believing for that we wanna step into. And so while a lot of this, I believe we're gonna see connects to where we're about to be walking as a church family, I still want you to hear this individually too. Like there's things God wants to say. And so we are taking in our passage the first steps into the promised land. So the, all of this is anchored in Joshua chapters three, four, and five. Um, I've encouraged you all along the way, kind of read all these passages, soak in them. I'm just gonna hit some bullet points this morning. Um, but this is uh, from Joshua chapters three, four, and five. For the first time, they're about to step into the promised land. And so point number one, we gotta pray. And the reason we gotta pray is because we're called to take a step of faith, but it's always to follow the Lord's presence. It's not like go out there on your own and take a step of faith. God will call us into steps of faith and we're meant to follow his presence, so we have to pray. 
Here we go. Joshua 3, verses 5 and 6. Then Joshua said to the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Thank God for miraculous wonders. And Joshua said to the priests, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. Listen, this is pretty straightforward, but it's so central that we always live this way. We always need to be ready to watch God work. We need to be ready to watch God work and we need to pay attention and follow his presence. Joshua's point is before we go take the territory, rush on ahead to do our thing, no. Start with the ark, start with the presence of the Lord and lead the people out following where the Lord is leading. And so that's what we need to do. Watch God work, pay attention to what he's doing and follow him, follow him. That principle applies in all of our lives individually. There's something you're dreaming for, praying for, hoping for, something you think the Lord is nudging you into like the season is right. Pay attention to his leading and follow him one step at a time and he'll get you where you need to go. Verses 11 through 13. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is passing over before you into the Jordan. This is talking about the Jordan River. In the same way that that God had to part the Red Sea for them to get out of Egypt, they now need to cross the Jordan River into the promised land. Verse 12, now therefore take 12 men from the tribes of Israel, from each tribe a man. Just put a pin in that. We're gonna get back to that in point number two. But just take note. God was saying, Joshua, you get 12 men, one from each tribe. Verse 13, and when the soles of the feet of the priests who are bearing the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, then the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off from flowing, and the waters coming down from above shall stand in one heap. Guys, there's some really cool stuff in here. First of all, the Jordan River is at its highest point right now. The the banks are overflowing. This is the season when it's the highest, which means it's the deepest, which means it's moving the most. And what's interesting about this scenario is when Moses and then came to the Red Sea, I mean, it was a big miracle. It was a bigger body of water. But like God just made the way for them. Like they stood, raised the staff, the sea parted, then they walked across in dry land. That's not the story here. To move into the promised land, the priests had to step into the water by faith before it was parted. Faith always involves an element of risk. Listen, there's a part of me that was afraid to tell this this morning because like, what if we get a couple weeks into this and it all falls apart? And they come back with bad news and like, no. The Lord's saying, go, take the next step. Here's the next step. Be willing to take the step of risk. But here's the good news of what this passage is saying. Yes, obedience is risky. But God said, carry the ark and take a step. What's the promise? God's presence is with me. Even in our biggest steps of faith, we're always meant to remember we aren't walking alone. 
If we're obeying him, it means we're in step with him. And so the riskiest, scariest step, God's faithful presence is there. And so we're gonna be all right. Verse 17. Now the priests bearing the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firmly on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan and all Israel was passing over on dry ground until all the nation finished passing over the Jordan. Friends, the reality is our step of faith is on firm footing when we're following the Lord's leading. When we're out there on our own, we might drown. We might be overcome or overwhelmed. But when our steps of faith are anchored in the Lord's leading, then we are on firm ground. Think about that. Have any of your feet ever touched the bottom of the Tennessee River? It's kind of, yes, no, nobody. Okay. Has anyone, yeah. Is it firm, solid footing? It's mud. In fact, there's places of it that I've stepped in where like the mud's like swallowing my feet. God didn't just stop the river. He gave them firm ground to walk upon. Ground that would have been been wet, muddy, gross. He gave them firm footing to walk across. Guys, here's our application from point one. All of our action, all of our activity, all the things that we feel inspired to do, all of our action should always be a reaction to the Lord's leading. All of our action should be a reaction to the Lord's leading. Some of us, and my hand is up, by the way, some of us that like to plan things and control things and set vision for things, it can be easy to go, I gotta get this thing going. Let's get moving. Let's inspire everybody to go forward. But it's always gotta be a reaction to his first action. We don't drive it. We don't push it, right? Unless the Lord builds the house, what? Those who labor, labor in vain labor in vain. So therefore, we need to pray and obey. That's it. When we're stepping into new territory, we pray and we obey. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to pray every step of the way. It's not like let's just get in boards rooms and business meeting and solve all the paperwork and figure out all the stuff. I'm not saying we shouldn't use our minds and be intelligent about things and get experts in their areas because the Lord honors that. But first and foremost and always, it's pray and obey and trust him one step at a time. Number two, we need to praise. If step one is pray, step two is praise. We need to praise. We need to remember what God has done and we need to stop and acknowledge the miracle. Joshua 4, one through three. When all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, take 12 men. Remember the 12 men we talked about? Take 12 men from the people, from each tribe a man, and command them saying, take 12 stones from here out of the midst of the Jordan from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly. Bring them over with you and lay them down in the place where you will lodge tonight. Listen, it could be easy just to go, man, let's get this thing moving. 
Like we got through the river, there's the promised land, let's go. And God said, stop, wait, grab these core anchor moments and remember them. And notice he said, take 12 men from each tribe. Now you could say, well, they were always doing that because there were 12 tribes and yada, yada. Yeah, I get that. But do you remember where the problem first started? They sent 12 men to check out the land that God said, I'm giving you. And 10 of them came back with a negative report. And God's saying, I want to redeem that. And this new generation, I want 12 men who aren't going to look ahead in fear. They're going to look back and remember the faithfulness of God. And because we know how to look back and remember his faithfulness, we can move forward without fear. Because the same God that is faithful today and he was faithful yesterday, he will be faithful as we move into the future. And I believe he redeemed it. And listen, this is not in the scripture, but I believe this. This is just Jake's personal opinion here, okay? I wanna make that really clear. But I believe because in that original passage 40 years before, these, these 12 men that were picked, they were chiefs and leaders amongst the people of their tribe that went in and brought back the bad report. I believe that at least some of these 12 men were sons of the very fathers who had given the bad report and who had died in the wilderness. And now in their generation, they're walking in faith. I believe that, but it's just my opinion. We'll see. I might be wrong when we get to heaven. But isn't it God, like God to do that sort of thing? Like we not only honor what we've received from the past, but then there's areas of like stronghold or weakness and God says, hey, in your generation, I wanna turn the page. I wanna move you forward. Verse five, and Joshua said to them, pass on before the ark of the Lord your God in the midst of the Jordan and take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder. You getting the visual here? a stone upon the shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel, that this may be a sign among you. When your children ask in time to come, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. Don't just rush across, grab hold of what has just transpired. And notice because they, they said, put a stone on your shoulder. This isn't like some tiny little pebble and then we move on. Like these are big anchor points. Listen, that's, that's all the stuff I just shared. Like we need to remember that. We need to remember that the day God gave us this land was the very week of our seven year anniversary of meeting in a temporary space. We need to remember God's faithful presence in the tabernacle that was temporary so that we always in the more permanent temple remember God's presence there. Because we can have a tabernacle or we can have a temple, but if God's presence isn't there, it's just sticks and wood and mortar and nothing else. It's about the people of God in the presence of God. That's it. I could be telling you this morning, they kicked us out of the school and we have nowhere to go. And you know what? We're gonna be all right. Because if we're the people of God in the presence of God, he'll meet us in my backyard on Sunday mornings if that's what it takes. We need markers to remember. So remember these things. Brian, I love that you remembered what Andrew prayed. That should be on my list. It will be now. 
Yeah. Stephanie, I didn't share this in the stuff, but like I'd mentioned last Sunday, before service, Stephanie just kind of personally encouraged me. I'm walking out after service, and she goes, hey, I just want to say to you, I just, I just have the sense the Lord wants you to know, like, you are in the right spot. Our church is in the right spot. We're hearing him. And she said, I just felt one word, and the word was more. It was last Sunday, walking out. I want to remember that. So we remember these stones and these markers. We do, these in our, we do this in our personal life. We need to remember when God has done something. Pause, write it down, acknowledge it, make it a marker. Last thing, I'm really just reading this part. It sounds like a repeat of what I just read, but there's something additionally added in here, and I want to tie this to last Sunday because it all works together, this generational story that God is telling. And so now in Joshua 4, verses 20 through 24, they're talking about these stones and there's a little bit more added to what you're supposed to tell your kids in the story. So I want you to see this. And those 12 stones, which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up at Gilgal. And he said to the people of Israel, when your children ask their fathers in time to come, what do these stones mean? Then you shall let your children know, Israel passed over this Jordan on dry ground for the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over, just as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea when he had dried it up for us until we passed over, so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty and that you may fear the Lord your God forever. Because today's miracle that we are celebrating as a church it's just one stone in a long line of God's faithfulness to his people across generations. And so we remember his faithfulness now and then and then and then. Amen? So application for point two. Before we rush ahead and go charging forward into the promise, we need to stop and remember and praise God. Amen? That's what we're gonna do. All right, number three, last one. Joshua 5, 1 and 2. We need to pray, we need to praise, and we need to prepare. We need to prepare. It takes radical obedience to enter the land. It takes radical obedience to the point where it hurts and it costs you something. I want you to see this. Joshua 5, 1 and 2. As soon as all the kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan to the west and all the kings of the Canaanites who were by the sea heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan for the people of Israel until they had crossed over, their hearts melted and there was no longer any spirit in them because of the people of Israel. The enemy's on the run, the people are advancing and so what does God tell them to do? Strike while the iron's hot? Nope, verse two. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, make flint knives and circumcise the sons of Israel a second time. Now, I'm just gonna unpack what the next few verses tell us. For 40 years in the wilderness, nobody had been circumcised, right? So coming out of Egypt, they were circumcised, right? It was a sign of their covenant with the Lord. It was a sign of like cutting away the old, the flesh, sin. There's all kinds of cool symbolism but it's a sacrifice. And for 40 years in the wilderness, all the new boys that have been born have not been circumcised in the wilderness. I'm guessing desert doesn't cooperate well with 
Never mind. Let's move on. <laughs> All right. So think about this. Every uncircumcised, that means like 40-year-olds. These are the fighting men who have work to do. We've moved from the safety of the wilderness into enemy territory. God, couldn't you have told us to do this a couple weeks ago on the other side of the Jordan? Let's move into enemy territory and make the sacrifice that we're gonna then have to recover from because we're gonna be weak. And this enemy that's scared and running may now go, hey, wait a minute, this is the perfect timing to strike. And if any of you have ever started walking into new territory that the Lord provides, then you know that's when the enemy loves to show up and strike. We need to be prepared and we need to be willing for whatever that sacrifice looks like. Sacrifice some ego, some pride. Sacrifice some like, I had a really good idea for that new building and they didn't listen. And we just, we humbly submit. We bring who we are to the table. We bring our ideas and our service and our gifts. But like we trust God. And we know the very thing the enemy would love to do right now is sidetrack things but they, they were willing to do the hard thing, radical obedience. Verses, chapter five, verses seven and eight, these are the last two verses I'm reading. So it was their children whom he'd raised up in their place that Joshua circumcised, for they were uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised on the way. When the circumcising of the whole nation was finished, they remained in their places in the camp until they were healed. And so they walked in radical obedience and I think it's kind of cool that even their first step in the promised land involved them trusting the Lord's protection. All right, Lord, any territory we're gonna take, we're trusting your leading, we're thanking you for your faithfulness, and, and we're gonna sacrifice and obey whatever it is you're calling us to do, and we're gonna trust you've got us. You've got us. Here's the point of application. Stepping into new territory requires radical obedience and it will often come with sacrifice. We are better off preparing our hearts for faithful obedience and surrender than any other smart planning or preparation we can do. I'm gonna say that again. I'm gonna read it again. We are better off preparing our hearts for faithful obedience and surrender than any other smart planning or preparation we can do. Our daily mindset as a church in this season and in our lives individually in our walk with the Lord is that our daily mindset should be, I'm prepared to obey no matter the cost. And so we pray and we praise and we prepare ourselves to walk in obedience to Jesus. Amen? All right, here's our response. We're about to do these three things in some ways. Um, first of all, we're gonna pray. We're gonna pray so that we can continue to follow the Lord's leading. So we're gonna stop and pray together as a church family this morning. Number two, we're gonna praise. We're gonna remember God's power and his faithfulness and give him glory for what we're watching him do in our midst. We're gonna praise. And then friends, we're gonna prepare 
There's, there's going to be radical obedience that necessary as we move into this next season. I have a couple of thoughts I want to share real quick, but like, I don't know ultimately what the Lord may lay on your heart individually is your step of radical obedience. I know for our church, there's going to be sacrifice and obedience involved, but here's some things that come to my mind. The same faithful people that we have been, we need to continue to be. We need to be people who faithfully serve. Like there's folks who are exhausted from seven years of setting this place up. It was pretty cool coming in this morning going, I've got a new fresh wind in my sails for setup. We even laughed because it was raining. And like, let me just tell you, when it rains on a Sunday for setup and you gotta bring stuff in from the shed, it's like the worst. And I laughed and I joked, I was like, this is us stepping in the Jordan River. <laughs> we gotta get wet this morning as we set up one more time. Um, we need to serve. And so like, that's who we're gonna be as a people. I'm thankful that there is a season coming where we don't have a bunch of setup and tear down, but that doesn't mean the work stops. That's, that's not even the real work. We are investing in people. We need to be faithful with our current body and we've gotta be serving to reach people that the Lord still wants us to reach. And so we need to be ready to serve. I also gotta say to you guys, and I can say this with a lot of freedom, and I, hopefully y'all all know this, but I'm gonna say it again. I, I say it regularly. I have no idea what individual people give. It's a discipline I learned from my previous pastor. I know our church finances. I know what comes in every month. Me and the elders prayerfully consider how do we steward well the finances of the church. It's not that I don't know our finances. I do not look at what individual people give. But what I do know is that the church is called to faithfully tithe. I practice that. I get paid by the church and I turn around and give back my 10%. We see it before the law. Abraham tithed to Melchizedek. We see it in the Old Testament. We see it in the New Testament. The only argument you could make is that the New Testament church for a season just shared everything. Pretty sure nobody's ready to sign up for that one. Maybe some of us are, I don't know. But like we should give faithfully. And I just have to tell you guys, like our, our church has been good givers. I mean, the size of our church and the money that comes in every year, it's pretty awesome. So this isn't like a lecture. I have no idea. Maybe everybody in this church is practicing faithful tithing. It's awesome. I don't know if you are or not, but it's an act of obedience. It's an act of worship. It is not out of obligation. It is a joy to worship God. And the two primary ways we can worship him is where it costs something. My time and my finances. That costs something to give him my time and worship. It costs something to honor him in my finances. And if we're gonna step into new territory, like we're being given this, but like there's another layer of responsibility to care for the property, to take care of the building, all of that. And so there's another layer of responsibility as a church. And so we tithe. And then the third thing, and this is, this is my crazy step of faith, all right? This is what I'm believing for. And so I'm willing to say it publicly because if it doesn't happen, oh, well, Pastor Jake was hoping for that, it didn't happen. I hope he's not too sad. But like, I am believing we are gonna own this property debt-free. That means I'm believing that in maybe 90 days, $350,000 comes in that we do not have right now. I'm believing for that. We've carried no debt up to this point. We've got some money in the bank, but it ain't anywhere close to no $350,000. I'm believing for that. I'm believing that God, ha that God has that for us in-house. 
I'm believing that there are people who, guys, there are people who have faithfully given to this church since day one that don't live in Knoxville. But I'm believing that God will provide. That's, that's my step of faith. I'm believing for that. I believe he can do that miracle. We'll figure it out if that's not what happens, but I, I am believing that God does a miracle in our midst and that we get to, get to sit back and go, wow, Lord, look what you provided. And then look as each of us prayed and prepared and thought about what we might be able to give towards this. God, look what you did collectively in our midst. And so I'm believing for that. I'm praying for that. And I'd invite y'all to start praying about that. We'll have a, probably a Sunday or a special service where we go, hey, it's our sacrificial offering day. But be praying about, would the Lord call you to participate in that and what that might be for you and your family? And let's see what God does. So we're gonna pray, we're gonna praise, we're gonna prepare. Amen? All right, let's stand to our feet. Alex, I was thinking I'd have y'all come up right now to lead us into our closing song of praise but I don't want y'all to not link hands as we all pray. So we'll have a moment of awkward transition from prayer to praise instead of the nice seamless, like the music starts right as we finish praying. So we're gonna link hands. So I thought about different ways to do this. Not, it's all clunky. Let's go outside of the chairs and make a big circle so we're in one united loop. And I apologize to whoever is standing right in front of the speaker when I'm praying. Maybe go behind it. Maybe go behind it so it's not, you're good? All right, actually we might need to, Y'all, hey, y'all come uh, maybe this side of that table so we can close up the circle. I think we need a little more space. Does that get us there? Look at that. Look at that. Pretty cool. Listen, there are people that are gonna listen to this message this week because it's summer and people are on vacation. So if you're listening, you're linking your hearts with us right now as we stand in prayer. And I'm looking forward to day soon when we're standing just like this on that property. I'm believing that'll be even maybe within a few weeks, we're gonna stand over there and circle that property and pray over it. Um, so let's pray. Lord Jesus, we commit our hearts to you fresh and new today. Lord, we have always committed this church into your care. You are the shepherd of this church. This is not Jake Spencer's church. This is not Alex Hawkins Church or Crystal Hawkins Church. Jesus, this church belongs to you. You are the shepherd and we're all just called to be the sheep who faithfully walk with you. Some of us walk as faithful under shepherds who serve the body, not get served by the body. Jesus, we look to you now and always. We commit our hearts to you. And God, we lift this entire process to you. God, thank you for this land. Thank you for this building. Thank you for the future. Lord, we need your help. God, it takes a miracle to link these two churches together. God, we, we pray for them right now as they're being led into this by their pastor. God, would you calm fears? Would you encourage their hearts? God, I pray they would be inspired by the fact that they get to participate in the ongoing ministry and work that you wanna do in that facility. God, may they be inspired in faith and joy for the future. God, would you knit our hearts together? We pray for them. Lord, we pray for this other piece of property and for Mike Walters, and God, we just pray that you would guide us through that process. Lord, that we wouldn't drag our feet and we wouldn't rush ahead. Would you give our church leadership wisdom? May we hear your voice and obey you one step at a time. 
God, we're believing for everything that you have in store as we move forward. We're trusting you with it. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.